Welcome to the CFO Whisperer podcast with your host, Declan Tyrrell. Today we hear from Declan Tyrrell on how to build trust and credibility with a CFO. Declan, tell me a bit about your background. Well, I'm actually a a former CFO uh, with plenty of experience in transformation, change, and in particular buying. Uh, I'm sometimes referred to myself as a recovering buyer. I'm now at stage seven. Apologize to every salesperson who tried to sell to you. I was a horrible buyer. And I will share with you some stories through today that may end up having you hate me, but I'm willing to take that risk. How does a salesperson become a trusted advisor to a CFO? Well, it's not easy. Um, Building trust and credibility or or becoming that trusted advisor of a CFO is, um, is a difficult thing to do, but it has become so important, particularly when you're trying to sell into an organization during an economic downturn or recession or whatever you want to call it. It becomes very, very tough. So what do I look for? Well, I, I look for two things. I look for trust and I look for credibility. Let's take credibility to begin with. Uh, you have credibility, otherwise I wouldn't talk to you. But the quickest way to lose your credibility is to vomit it up on top of me as we engage. So I often see from salespeople that they're not used to talking to a CFO or it's the first time we're talking. And in an attempt to prove that they're worthy of the conversation, uh, they talk about themselves and they vomit up on top of me their entire credibility. There's not a bigger turn off. Quickest way to lose your credibility is to reach for it. That's the first thing I'd say. Now, when we come to credibility itself, there's two types of credibility. We've got corporate credibility, and we've got personal credibility. Let's start with a corporate credibility. Um, I often ask uh, salespeople, do you think your organization is credible? Do you think it has credibility? Often the answer I get is yes. Except for me, it depends. It depends on the customer. Are we really saying that every customer's, every engagement with every customer's always gone well? There are no unhappy customers. There are no customers out there who know another customer who's not happy. It's your corporate credibility is not about what you think it is. It's about what the customers perceives it to be. So we need to know where the customer perceives your credibility. Now, if they don't perceive it as good, that's not a bad thing. Uh, as long as you know where your starting point is. When you have an unhappy customer, it is a phenomenal place to start with demonstrating your personal value. It really is. It's much easier to build momentum with a customer that's not happy by bringing value than it is the one that's really happy because they're normally difficult to move. That's your corporate credibility. Now, the other thing I'd say is, often the customer's perception of your credibility can be less than what you believe your corporate credibility is. And when we have this gap, this gap often comes across as arrogance. Now, let me ask you, have you ever heard of salespeople being accused of being arrogant? I've certainly accused plenty in my day. And that is often where it's rooted, in that mismatch of you, where you believe your corporate credibility is and the customer's perception of where your corporate credibility is. Okay, that's enough on corporate credibility. Personal credibility. I want to know why you're there for me. 
I don't want to know why you're there. I want to know why you're there for me. You've got to give me some context. Telling me you're there in your sales, it's cool, but it, it tells me why you're there for you, not why you're there for me. If you're passionate about something, tell me. If there's CFOs that you focus on, if it's my industries that you focus on, if it's a particular challenge or, or um, innovation that's in my marketplace or, or wherever it may be, please tell me. Give me some context so I can help you. It'll often even help me frame the answers to the questions I get from you during discovery because I have that context on why you're there. So that's your, your personal credibility. Then we look at trust, the big one. Trust, is it easy to build their trust? Of course it's not. But I'll often say to people, um, you only need to do one thing to build trust and that is be trustworthy. Don't pretend to be trustworthy. Don't say, Declan, can you give me three questions that create the illusion that I am trustworthy? We see through that a mile off. If you want to be trusted, be trustworthy. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We will test you, particularly early on in engagements. If, and I ask you, have you ever dealt with a customer where in the initial engagements they were quite tough, uh, maybe rude, maybe quite direct, almost irrational, yet once you start engaging with them and doing some work with them, they became a lot more rational and a lot more easy to think, a lot more easier to, to deal with. Well, let me tell you what we're doing here. We're testing you. The quickest way for me to test your trust and credibility is to trip you up, to make you feel uncomfortable and see how you respond to that. That'll give me far more insight than me asking you questions or you giving me references or wherever else may be. So I'll leave you with this on this point. Never confuse a comfortable meeting with being a good meeting or an uncomfortable meeting with being a bad meeting. They are two completely different things. Declan, in all the time you were a buyer, how many trusted advisors did you have? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I'll put it like this. In all my years of buying experience, I've had one trusted advisor. One. Now, it does not mean I've only bought from one person. Because often we will buy in spite of the salesperson or in spite of your sales process, which can often get in the way. But let me give you a little, let me tell you the story of that one, Stu, who's that one trusted advisor that I had. Um... I, we first came across each other when I was CFO in a law firm. Uh, I, I was hired, and my remit was to transform them from the practice of law to the business of law. That's what I set out to do. Now, I'm a data analyst at heart. I had some data models that I had used in other businesses, which had worked really, really well. And that's what I was going to deploy in this organization. Only the problem I had was with in one of their systems in particular. We had about five key business systems. One of them was a nightmare to get data into and a nightmare to get data out of. Now, that didn't stop them from trying to sell me services, add-ons, a whole host of crap. I needed help. There was some fundamental items, issues going on with this system that I needed help with. I would have an account manager would contact me and say, hi, Declan, I'm your account manager. I'd say, that's cool. Here are my issues. And they'd say, uh, okay, cool. They'd come back and they'd say, hi, I want to sell you something. I'd say, look, do not come back to me unless you have answers to my issues. I wouldn't see them again. Three or four months later, I'd get another call. I'd get another uh, account manager. We'd go through the process again. I was seen as a difficult customer. Now, about 12 months into this, I get a phone call from this person. And they said, hi, I'm your 
new account manager. I couldn't believe it. I said, you've got to be joking me. Another one. He said, Declan, I sense there are some issues. I said, you could say that. He said, well, I'd like to come and talk to you about our role, about how we work together. I said, you've got to be joking. He said, okay, Declan, I'm not here to apologize for what's gone before me or who's gone before me. And I'm not going to use a lot of words here today because I suspect you've had enough words out of our organization. I'm going to ask you one question. Will you give me an opportunity to demonstrate my value through my actions, not somebody else's words? I said, I will. I said, you can come and meet me next week and we schedule a meeting. Now, he turned up for that meeting and the first thing I said to him was, how long are you in your organization? He said, I'm three months in. I said, well, then you couldn't possibly hate your organization as much as I do. But give it time. It'll come. Now, I won't say he smiled, but he certainly didn't flinch. He said, Declan, as I said, I sense there are some issues. I'm not going to apologize for what's gone before me or who's gone before me. He said, will you give me the opportunity to demonstrate my word through my actions? I said, I will. He said, okay, well, how are we going to do that? So I said, look, I had five open support tickets. I'm not going to bore you to tears with all of them. Two of them were fundamental. Uh, One of them was to do with uh, foreign currency exposure, foreign currency exchange calculation, which uh, didn't work in my eyes and had us hugely exposed. Um, They didn't see it the same way and kept closing the ticket. Another one was to do with interest calculation on customers' money. So this is money we're holding on behalf of our clients and that any interest earned on that is theirs. Now, if we get that wrong, that's equivalent to us stealing from the customer. Business gets into big trouble and there's a chance I go to jail. These are two fundamental things. And then there was another few. So Stu said to me, Declan, he said, I can't guarantee you anything because it's not my side of the business. But what I can tell you is I'm going to escalate this and see where we go. And with your permission, I'll come back in one week and I'll give you an update. I said, OK, you do that. One week later, I got a call from me, said, Declan, I want to manage your expectation. I have fixed nothing, but I have progressed on your two main issues. Now, when I say progressed, what I mean is we're now having a conversation in our organization that we did not have before. I said, okay. He said, now they may still close it on you and you may get frustrated. He said, but I'm working on it behind the back. I said, okay, that's what he said. On the other three, I did something with it and it did not get anywhere. I've hit a brick wall. I'm going to have to rethink what I do next week uh, to try to progress those. I said, okay. He said, I'll come back and I'll give you an update next week. I said, brilliant. Following week, I get a phone call an hour earlier than uh, scheduled. He said, Declan, I'm calling early with bad news. Can you take the call? I said, I can. He said, okay. He said, I did nothing on your account this week. Absolutely nothing. I'm not going to offer up excuses. I'm not going to offer you up reasons. I'm just going to be honest with you. I did nothing on your account this week. And with your permission, what I'd like to attempt to do next week is what I failed to do this week. He said, "Um, will you give me that permission? I said, I will. Now I ask you, you think about that. Is there trust and credibility going up or down in this engagement? Well, for me, it's going up. For the first time, I have someone telling me what I need to hear as opposed to what they think I want to hear. Now, we didn't get all of these issues resolved, but it didn't matter. We were often running in what I would call a trust relationship where we were having an adult to adult conversation. Now, the other thing I just highlight on this, and, and this is to do with his delivery of the bad news. Bad news does not mature well. Deliver it early. 
If you know it early, deliver it early. It also, if you can do it face-to-face, do it face-to-face. Failing that, do it by video. Failing that, do it by uh, telephone call. Avoid, if you can, that email that tells me, um, you know, someone else's fault, da, 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 because it removes my ability to vent. So do not stand up. Tell me the thing went wrong. Allow me to get my little bit of venting, and then it's done, it's dusted, and we're moving on. Whereas if you try to deflect, if you don't own it, then it can seriously damage the trust and credibility of you with me uh, through whatever transaction that we're trying to do. So, look, I, I hope that's helped. Um, look, in, in summary, what am I saying? That uh, CFOs are a huge part of the buying process, particularly in an economic downturn. There's financial scrutiny going on of everything. Building trust and credibility with them is really important if you want to speed up that sales process or the buying process, as I call it. And you can build trust and credibility through authenticity, through integrity. Uh, it, it it really, really does help. So, look, that's it from me. Um, we've touched on trust. We've touched on credibility. I've even shared with you my one trusted advisor story. I hope that has helped. Thank you, Declan. Some great insights there. That's all for this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review.